welcome to the Listen to Your Footsteps podcast. I'm your host, Kojo Buffum, and this podcast is an extension of my book, also called Listen to Your Footsteps, which is a collection of essays, reflections, and poetry on things like fatherhood, identity and belonging, growing up, creativity, and the lessons learned. The purpose of this podcast is to gain insight and learn from the journeys that others have taken. I explore the worlds of art, culture, design, business, creativity, and life from the perspective of Africans who are contributing to the redefinition of the continent and who we are. So my guest today is Sia Metane, also known as Slicker, and what some would call his last iteration as a rapper. I don't know whether it's a last iteration or a current iteration. Welcome to the show. Shout out, man. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Where does the name Slicker come from? From the hood, I always used to do like um, fancy S curls, and um, I would um, I would literally cancel the curls on the side and make it sleep, you know. So when I was playing ball, um, the cats would always like kind of like touch the part that's sleeping and go slick, you slick, you know. So I just took the name from there, and um, and um, because I always had this idea that. It always connects me to people. It always connects me to something. It's not like I'm, I'm, a, I'm a guy who thought about rapping and then, I and then I made up a name and then you know it actually comes from somewhere and it comes from people, um, regardless of where they are in my life. You know, the thing is that I am a person that comes from people, so I need to serve people to a certain extent. Also, you know what I mean. What do you want to be when you grow up? Um, very misinformed. I thought I was going to be a doctor, you know. <laughs> um, but again, when I realized I wasn't, I never knew what I was going to become. I'm still waiting to know what I want to be when I grow up, to be quite honest. <laughs> I suspect a lot of us are <laughs> Yeah, you know. I still, I still wonder what I'm going to be when I grow up, you know. I'm growing up, but now I'm growing up, but I still haven't figured it out. You know what I mean? Where did you grow up? I'm in Leondale. I'm from, I was born in Katlehong, but like um, my teenagers were in Leondale, the East Rand, you know. So I've been spending my time there. And when did the rap, so when did the hip hop, let, let me actually say, when did the hip hop thing come, not the rap thing? Like I, I have very strong views around yeah, that, yeah, that yeah, difference. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. you come from, I think you come from a generation and an era where we can go, where did the hip hop, hip -hop come? come from? Of course. Um, it's crazy. Um, hip hop literally, I feel, found me. You know what I mean? It was a, it was a thing where I, I, it, it, whenever, when something finds me, I do more than the guy that literally said, hey, do you know this thing? You know what I mean? Um, and when it found me, I was I was like, jeez, uh, uh, it was MC Hammer. You know, I had a, I don't know, apparently it was my cousin. I don't know. I haven't seen him ever since. But there's a guy called Francis. There's a guy called David. Um, and at St. We used to go to St. Benedict's College. And... Um, MC Hammer was the thing, so Francis would wear the pants. I was just so amused by these black guys who never looked like any other black guys where I'm growing up, mm. who looked like, you know, there was some sort of progression. The level of um of of opulence, of enjoying of, of just having fun, um, was just something I've never seen in black people. I was attracted by seeing a black person looking so and sounding so confident that really attracted me more than that was really my the novelty i had with hip-hop it was like whoa i mean over time i realized that if i asked myself what well, there were some songs when i did i'm like it was a crap song but i but just to see black people so uh 
so um so inspired and so so excited to be alive and and opinionated and challenging a system yeah. and almost fearless to a certain extent um i had never seen black people like that um um and if they did and if we even if i had seen them and they were fearless they were politically orientated they weren't wearing adidas they weren't like <laughs> they never had speakers or chains you know it was i was it was politically orientated people that could have been your uncle so you also saw the dark side there was a bad you know what i mean but i never saw any dark side in there that was just like yo can black people be like this i want to be black you know what i mean so what was interesting for me was coming to coming to south africa um so I, I really started coming here like from 1990 uh, because before that, I mean, I'd, I'd flown through the airport. And ironically, when Hammer came out, like I think I landed in Germany as an exchange student for a year, a couple of days after You Can't Touch This came out. Yeah, like, yeah. So the video is still very vivid. And I had my pants and yeah, yeah. my freedom shoes and I had my medallions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but what I found interesting was so I went to Vasti in Durban and it always felt like hip hop came to South Africa with the chronic uh, because from a production perspective, you can dance to it. And as Africans, yeah. we, yeah. you know, you want that a bit more. Yeah. And then spending a bit more time in Joburg, particularly later on, realizing that you kind of, you had people in Joburg who came up with your more East Coast sound, which is more, you know, more about your lyrics and yeah, yeah, yeah. a bit more political. Where did you, f I mean, you're talking about Hammer as like an influence. So it already yeah. puts you yeah. in a very different space from, you know, what the Cape Town guys like Prophets of the City, et cetera, yeah. were doing. Yeah. And, you know, the the Amus and yeah. everybody else with the that heavy East Coast yeah. Yeah. sparse music. Yeah. yeah, I mean, remember, like Hammer was the only thing that happened on TV. You know, I never, I mean, the other guy I really also looked up to, which I realized that when my parents said, no, you're not going, you're going to go bald all the time. We ain't trying to, it was Michael Jackson. So when I realized I can't have curly hair and everything else, and then he started doing the whole, the whole, um, there's this thing where Michael Jackson wants to be white. I was like, I don't know about that anymore, you know? Um, so I was, um, so the thing about hip hop is that hip hop has to hip hop is is, is like a, is like a drug you know it's it's like this marketing tool where they catch you with the shallow stuff mm -hmm. like hammer and then you want to dig more and then that's when i get into ice tog that's when i get into nwa that's when i get into public enemy you know so all that stuff and when i talk about like so the hammer was the happy stuff like whoa i never seen a black guy looking like mm -hmm. that and then when i started hearing what ice t was saying what chuck d was saying i was like whoa yo this i'm i'm remember i'm in a multiracial school at st benedict's like there's two black guys in a class you know mm -hmm. we literally have to be very like careful what we say how we do it. Black people can't be in multiracial schools because even those schools are literally like breaking the rules of that government at yeah. a time. So, you know, there's a lot of like walking on eggs, you know, when you're a black person. So I like these black guys are like, yo, these black guys are the black guys I want to be. I don't want to be this cautious black guy all the time. So, so that's why that for me, quote me later, I think that like um, when I started seeing a shift and it started becoming, I'd say, mainstream um, or it was it was it was doggy style. 
You know what I mean? Chronic was the intro, but Doggy Style just like took it to the next yeah. level. You know what I mean? So, um, so definitely I'm from that school, and you know I think um, when when you when you this is the I think the 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 ammo the ammo side of things. Cause they were, it seems like they were heavily influenced by East Coast, yeah. but like I was influenced by the whole thing. Cause if you start from Hammer and you 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 little past like a DJ Jazzy Jeff and Fresh Prince, and then you get into like a an Ice T, and you're getting you get into a Chuck D. The sound is the sounds are all different. Yeah. So you know, I think even in our in the product in the end product that we all came out came out with is that. Although the bases would be lyrical, we would still be a, we were also able to be very musical. Yeah. You know, yeah. when you found like Amo and them, they were it was heavy, heavy, heavy yeah. lyrics. You know, um, if you listen to the Motherload, you know what I mean. But if you listen to our early stuff, we were already like arranging beats. Like you could already hear like the snare here, pull this here, sing this here, da da da. So there was that whole influence of like the host the host and we never knew what was east coast. well at least i didn't knew what it's east coast west yeah, coast you yeah. know um and at least the fashion started making me sing that oh those are the east coast guys those are the west coast guys but west coast was always easier to listen to mm-hmm. also you know i never knew ice t was west coast because you couldn't tell the difference in content of, yeah. with ice cube um in, in nwa versus um Versus um, versus what like later happened in the East Coast where the East Coast started becoming more street. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. The East Coast was always lyrical, but like the Ice Ts and them, they were kind of rapping street stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, um, stunting also. Yeah. You know, in a major way. You know that like the East Coast only caught up with that later because the East Coast, if they were stunning, it was basic, but it was conscious with message, it was lyrics. You know what I mean? So it's all that. So I never knew what was East or West. I just knew that this one had an edge. You know, and I was yeah. messing with that. And the, and the funny thing is that if you think about it, like we exist outside of it, and and at some stage we started buying into into, for example, those divisions when they actually have nothing to do with us. Like it's, it's basically about you know, it, what do you like and what you don't, what don't you like? Yeah, um, yeah, and I, yeah. I, mean, I was talking to a friend recently on the podcast and he introduced me to um, Scarface's The Diary. Oh my God. Which is still one of my, my all-time that's, favorite that's, albums. That's the and, album, And he's right? still one of my all-time favorite rappers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I absolutely love outcast yeah 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 yeah. but i also love public enemy and yeah, I, yeah like yeah. as a 18 year old listening yeah. to public enemy yeah. with a bomber jacket yeah. with you know yeah. the medallions yeah. everything else so yeah. not being from there actually allowed us to if you know if we let it happen embrace all aspects of whether it's the music whether it's the culture yeah yeah i mean yeah the diary you know uh, just to remember just getting excited by that collaboration with him and Ice Cube, you know, nigga don't believe that song. Yeah. I was I was and I mean when I saw the video I just lost my mind. I was like, ah you know. Um but that was that I mean that was that was that was the stuff that kinda riled you up, mm. you know what I mean? You know, um yeah, you know. So how'd you make the transition from okay, this is something you're experiencing, something you're interacting with to something you're doing? I mean, I remember I was like I always remember you and Lebo in particular being at like poetry sessions. Yeah. Um, just like David Gow is a comedian being at poetry sessions yeah. because that was the only place where any of us at that time could literally you put your name on the list yeah, and then they yeah. let you grab the microphone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
it was um i it wasn't something it's 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 something that um um i'm still doing uh, i don't know what i am doing <laughs> it's it's one of those things where if anything about my life um i was always forced to just do me and life would then reciprocate you know what i mean it feels like um it feels like i am naturally supposed to do what i do you know and and i needed not worry about the world you know and because who's who who's rapping in 2003 and 2002 and makes money out of it yeah think about it you know i mean who's trying to start a Uh, a website in 2000 and the threes are funny in 2013 and and eventually turns it into a business of some sort you know what i mean it's like it's all these things of that like i i just have to be true you know to who i am so my biggest um challenge is my truth what is true about me because my life keeps on showing me all the time that the more I, I and and not that i have to go out there and go yo you know i'm the rap guy yo i'm 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 the i'm the guy with the website it's like the more like the more the the, the more the, i i normalize the truth even about myself you know the the further i go or rather than you know you i can say this is my truth but i you know even so i just want to say even with, with rapping you know i can rap and like go oh, i got so much or i do this or that i can and that and then you get to a point you go i can't even say that anymore because because it's so naturalized it's like so what you know what i mean for someone else it's like yo you you could have this you could you know and then you start realizing that like yo maybe some people literally like it's not theirs so they so when they rap it they rap it so well they make you wish that you had it they have to make you envious mm-hmm. but for me i'm like come let's all get it you but, know so let's how, go so how you, what's the journey to get to that thought because i mean you're part of squatter camp yeah though a gang of you squatter camp yeah, like yeah. it's it's you know I think it's Wu-Tang and you guys yeah, like just yeah, a gang of yeah, people where yeah. where it took all of us ages just to remember the names Ooh, of, yeah, yeah, yeah. of all the people and attach them to the faces right yeah straight so to go through that journey and to be to to also come out at a pivotal time yeah. and in essence lay the foundation yeah. what is your transition being in terms of like initially you're part of this group to get to the point now where you're older you have you have life experience yeah. you can comfortably say you know what i'll focus on what's in front of me right now yeah. i'm not going to stress about the rest yeah. but i'm sure at some stage it was like eh, what am i doing yeah of course you have to um hit the walls a lot of times you have to sit in uncomfortable places and 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 feel anxious because because you want something so badly but it doesn't happen and you know, you're not the one that gets chosen and you see everyone around you getting chosen for those things um because you know because because maybe that's their path so the the mistake is that we all work in the same industry but like whether you like it or not you have something different that's coming for you and and um and so it's 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 the it's the countless times where um I was wrong that made me realize that like actually um 
what I don't even know when I'm right. So I just need to just do what feels right mm -hmm. because I don't know it. So it's my countless wrongs that have literally made me realize that um and you know, I also there's there's this thing where I go, naturally, you know, um naturally we're supposed to be calm naturally we're supposed to be loving because we created through love most of us i guess you know um you know um and and naturally you know we just supposed to be we just supposed to just like go through our lives just by giving ourselves you know and um and immediately when we we want it so badly it just doesn't work, you know. I've got businesses that I try to do that, like, I'm like, Phew, imagine if that worked. Mm. Um, and, you know, imagine if that worked. Would I, uh, what, I would have the money, but would I be happy, maybe? You know what I mean? Um, I've got relationships, you know, with even people. Where I'm like, imagine if I was still with that person. Mm. You know, um, so, you know, you have to go through a lot of walls or hit a lot of walls to know that, like, um, just be still and and also accepting how powerful you are just by being still. I mean, it might, as, as, as arrogant and, and conceited as it sounds, it's like you just every one of us just needs to know how powerful we are just by being still. And what the world does, it dilutes us into into work environments that literally distract us from understanding how powerful we are so we get diluted mm. so you get powerful in the work environment and you'd have this facade of how powerful you are in the work environment but you just haven't discovered how powerful you are as an individual you can get in a work environment understanding how powerful you are as an individual and move with and and move the work environment based on your power mm. but most of us literally like or a lot of people literally like get their power from being inside that work environment yeah. you know so the work how even going to school all these things all these things literally like are, are to dilute the power that we just need to be still and figure out the value li the value the value lies in the label or the position and we cease to recognize that the value should lie in us not the title yeah I mean, so for yeah. example when i when i was when i was in magazine and as editor, I used to tell people, you know, people go, it's so cool that you go, you get invited to all these places. And I'm like, no, I don't get invited. My job title gets invited. Yeah, yeah. I, I unfortunately have to go with. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's it. And that, that, that's always been my theory that like, you know, um, um, I tell people that, I, you know, if you had to ask me how I feel about myself, I feel like, um, I feel like I am totally um, lost, you know, um, because as if I start thinking about five or ten days, if I start thinking about what's happening next, I get lost. You know, if I start thinking about like after this, what's going to happen? I literally like get anxious and I get lost. So if you had to ask me about me, I'd tell you that like I'm 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 I'm, I'm almost like fearful. You know. Um, but the only way I can be powerful is, in, if, is if I don't think of what's next. I can go to sleep at night and plan my day, 
you know, I could um, I could literally go, this is the client, this is my goal, this is what I want to get, these are the clients I want to hit, this is who I want to... I could plan all those things, right? But, like, if I'm... if if I, if I, if I And I can start writing the proposal, but if I start thinking about what's going to happen after I wrote the proposal, or, 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 or like, um, if I start thinking about what is the... Even before even... Even if there's something about how is it going to look like at the end... Mm while I'm in the process, literally like something works against me, you know? So I've had to learn that like, um, I mean, I know they say be present, be present. I've had to learn that like, if other people don't get it, I have no choice but to get it because that's the only way um, um, there's any results. It's, it, 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 it kind of perplexes me when someone goes, like last week, like some kid stood up, I was, at, I, was, I, was at a, at a, I was speaking somewhere and he said, you know, it's like on life, we, you posted this and, you know, we, I'm from here and wherever I'm from, it just gave us so much validation, gave so much power. It's like you, the, the way you kind of changed the perspective of who I am. And you kind of go, now, if I knew that that's what Slick on Life was going to do, I was never going to do it. Right. So people always think that like your, 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 your kindness is preempted, you know, but like, you literally want to be pe- you want to find peace so you choose to do kind things okay right yeah. i don't know if that makes any yeah, sense it, it, it you makes, know what i mean it, it makes perfect sense yeah, like it does know? it does make perfect sense so maybe i know i'm a dick <laughs> <laughs> but it's also i mean it's it's a weird space to be be in where every now and then and it's some, it's a conversation that crops up for me often where every now and then so you know, we each hopefully just living our lives, focused on building our life, right? Yeah. Doing the things that we need to do, dealing with spouses, children, yeah. life, petrol price, all of this yeah. stuff, right? Yeah. And then you bump into somebody randomly and they say to you, you know, this thing that you said or this thing that you did at such and such a time yeah. changed my life in this way. Yeah. And you can't even rem- remember the thing, Tell me about right? It, yeah. And so it's, I find it's, it's, a, it's a reminder. And I always say for me, because like I have a public personality. I'm not famous. Yeah. Like the yeah. people who are famous. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. when I walk with them, the attention is all on them. Yeah. Yeah. I can keep walking. Yeah. Yeah. And then one person out of 10 will go, don't you write stuff? Yeah, yeah. And it's like, yeah. okay, no, there's my, there's yeah. my tribe. Like, yeah, it's yeah, a smaller yeah, tribe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's never as big as that. Yeah. But then you'll get somebody just randomly saying to you, yo, man, like, thank you. Yeah, yeah. And you don't, you know, first of all, it's a mind fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because somebody's saying to you, you've, you've helped, you helped change the trajectory of my life. So yeah. where I am today is because I heard that. And it's yeah, like, yeah. yo, man, I was just, I was just writing something. I was just, you know, trying to put food on the table, or I was just, you know, I was trying to keep moving. Yeah. So I mean, it makes perfect. It makes perfect sense. Well, I mean, that comes back to the power of of just knowing how powerful you are. I'm going, but it's knowing how powerful fixing yourself is. Yeah. 
because it's not just you that it's it's how fixing yourself is so powerful because where because people don't know you fixing they just see end result mm-hmm. most of the time and and most of the things we're doing are because um it's not giving up on yourself you know it's just having faith in yourself first you know and um and it, it's just the whole thing that I've had to learn in my life everything i've done is cuz i never my, my parents said we can't take you to secondary school or like tertiary whatever um because we don't have the money and your friends are all going every day and you're sitting in the studio um cuz you've just won some money from jamali and you've literally built this like small home studio and your brothers does it and he gave you like a computer that's low as fuck yeah. and like you got the crack software and this is all you do and you just um i remember there were days where i gave up on myself you know um i i the days where like i was tired of the music you know there was mm-hmm. days where i was just sitting at the home and i i was just exhausted just just i was just exhausted with like not knowing who the hell or what the hell is going to happen or i'm seeing everybody moving mm-hmm. i was just so exhausted you know um but i but some but like fortunately I I I would default back to like doing a song again, you know, writing a thing this, you know. You know what people don't understand is that even by the time you heard a song like Umoy, we had we there's so many songs we made cuz we built the thing at home. Mm-hmm. And when we built it, we were fixing the songs. In a way when we were fixing the songs, we were fixing ourselves because maybe you use rap too much here, maybe you need a melody here, maybe you need you know what I mean? So we had enough studio time in a, a studio that wasn't never had the best equipment. but we have we were practicing and fixing ourselves yeah. um so so it's that thing where like constantly like now you you I'm 40 you know and um um I'm not I'm 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 not Uncle Vinny you know what I mean um I'm not I'm not I've, I've maybe passed a, li- a stage in my life where I could have been the most popular person I could have been the most controversial or the person that everyone of interest you know what i mean um but i'm not that you know so um do i stop believing in myself and it's 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 those things that i constantly ask myself that like um what really makes me believe in myself so i've had to really see myself as uh, a scared person um if he thinks too far but like if he's right here if he's right here like he can do anything and be anything so for me i don't even you know i've been told my future um well, you know i've been told my future is like uh a couple of times but i then i realized i don't want to know you know i i mean you know i i mean i know people who just go i just want to go find out you know i don't want to know i don't want to know you know people go what's going to happen how do you want people to remember you i don't want to be remembered you know i just want to and like you know we take for granted the fact that like they go how do, people are doing things that are inspired by what i started 20 years ago with my group what i started 10 years ago with slick on life you know um and what i what i pitched to a brand which like no one knows that i was in that boardroom and they've kind of used that as a blueprint to select how they work with certain already i am seeing how people are literally like like you doing things that like um 
they weren't they weren't existing so when you ask me how i'm going to be remembered if i had to tell everybody that that thing that's happening is because of me or that thing that's happening i'm going to irritate everybody so so while i'm alive if i can't tell you this and i can't remind you this i don't care what you're going to do when i'm gone that's really the yeah. truth you know what i mean that, i mean that that question is one that i i have been grappling with a bit uh, in terms of understanding what it what it means because so I, I was raised by my father and and after my father passed away i i through the people that reached out to me to pass condolences i realized because he used to talk about a life of legacy mm. and i realized what that meant mm. which was it was a human being so it wasn't the things that he had done or it was just a human being saying listen my interaction you know with your father this is this is what it means to me and all of us are eventually forgotten right um and at the same time having when my son was born who's turning 15 soon um i i understood a little further what it meant to live a life of legacy which was how do i create an environment for my son and his generation to be able to live grow and do the things that they want to do mm. which is also it's not it's not me in terms of the things that I've done like it's me the being like yeah. the being the person right yeah. and and then doing what you like what you're saying is like doing the work yeah because you have to you 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 don't reach a version of yourself and then you stop right yeah, yeah, because yeah. it's constantly evolving it's constantly yeah. changing yeah i mean you know um i've learned to not bother what people say to me to uh, say about me today you know in fact maybe i can bother but i'm disinterested to kind of find out what people think or feel about me what more when i'm not around you know so when you ask me that i'm like bro i'm not interested right now what like people are saying about me you know um but like because the truth of the matter is that we human beings and we get so consumed by the idea of um of of immortality or mortality mm. and we forget that like not only are you alive just to just 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 to just 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 to bring someone else in the world but you are a collective and you're related to everybody in this generation so when they look back they're going to look back at the generation they won't pull out like a they won't pull out you know they might pull out like a Jan van Riebeck because that's what he started and Abraham Lincoln because that's what he started uh but like the truth of the matter you know the generational story is more is more powerful than the individual story mm. and you literally pack you literally put a face on the generational story through the individual yeah. so even when they talk about the treason trial um and with Nelson Mandela you know yes there were more people but why was it but you needed a face for that collective yeah. and that generation so you know what was happening so within every generation you have to put a face you know what i mean so for me if you ask me how i'm going to how i'm going to be part of the collective they might choose someone else's face i already know that like you know if i think about it you know i mean they might like they they already guys who literally like are 
can be those faces, you know what I mean? Even in my time, you know what I mean? So I'm a collective and I'm related to you right now in this time. And this is why we're able to sit here. We're related whether we like it or not. Because mm. the kids in, hundred, in the next hundred years are going to talk about, oh, y'all remember them 2020 guys. <laughs> you know, that, that generation really fucked up the world, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, you know, for, for anybody to literally, for you to still be vain after you did, to say, I want to be remembered, it's like what type of what type of like conceitedness is that you know because you part of i'll be part of the collective that either fucked up or did better for the world you know so i can't be you can't be that vain that even when you're dead you're like you know you know guys one day you'll remember me no bro we don't think of you now bro you know what i mean so so it's it's, it's like it's this long-term yeah. vanity but as you speak about your father, you must remember that, like, um, in, in when he, you get a call from somebody that, like, he either taught or whatever the case be, that is, in 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 the collective of a generation, he did what he needed to do mm. to make something better, you know, as an individual. So that's tagged to the guy that it impacted directly, right? And for him, you know, he can go. You know who taught me? And he can tell all these friends, like in, like at a bar, and, and they're like, "I saw what I was taught by this." But like, that's the thing for 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 us. Everyone is touching somebody, but when there's a collective of people touching a couple of people, you then get this collective consciousness or this mm -hmm. collective e evolving of thought or this collective like um evolving of like business of ideas etc so everybody has to touch somebody some way or the other no one can try own that i want to be remembered because this is why i'm going to do because i promise you um everybody's going to be remembered whether it's a small scale large scale if you touch an individual but when they look at all of us they're going to go, I that collective, yeah, the 1900s yeah. that yeah. fought for apartheid. You know what I mean? Who was there again? Yeah, you know, Abu Mandela. They're not going to name every MK soldier there. Exactly. You know what I mean? We just need a face to literally, literally, like, put the timeline. And that's what, like, um, that's that. And that's what, like, um, I think whether you do you talk Kwame Nkrumah or whether you talk Idi Amin, whether you talk now, they literally face it to literally connect you to a timeline of, yeah. of, of a collective, of a generation. So that's what that that's what for me is what I think we kind of confuse with legacy. You got it. We we here now. I got to do my best to 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 touch that one person who literally like will be the collective that literally goes, this is our collective thinking in the future. Forget the future because the future doesn't even know if it's going to have you. So why am I, you, you see what I'm yeah. saying? It's, it's, it's just how I feel. This is me trying to manage my anxiety again. You know what I mean? You are listening to the Listen to Your Footsteps podcast, a podcast in which I chat to Africans from a cross-section of society and sectors, including art, culture, design, business, and creativity, to name a few. I delve into their journeys, the decisions they've taken to get to where they are, how they do what they do, and everything in between. Essentially, we go wherever the conversation takes us. The thing that fascinated me about Slick Online, because, so I turned 50 this year, yeah. and, and we've had this conversation before, where about five years ago, I was like, do you know what? I don't need to be relevant anymore. I don't need to understand what's hot, what's not when it comes to music, culture. I can happily listen to the stuff that I listened to growing up. Like I can listen to 90s hip hop 
and submerge myself in that or 70s soul music or jazz because yeah what's current I don't get it and like I said I have a teenage son and yeah. sometimes I listen to that stuff and I hear my father's words come out of my mouth yeah, yeah, yeah. and I'm like actually do you know what it's fine yeah. this is his time yeah, yeah. but as a 40 year old you are you you've built a with your team you've built a platform yeah. that speaks to the current yeah. and the culture and the kids yeah how do you navigate that i mean i always got to ask myself why i started it and it's funny um the kids i meet up with kids who say i've got this idea to speak with up and coming artists i'm like that was my idea 10 years ago bro <laughs> like you know the guys that are famous now are up and coming at the yeah. time also yeah. you know um and um and so, you know, but, but one thing I wanted to do, I said, how do I help in perpetuity? You know, how do I literally help in something I really care about forever, you know? And I was like, well, I can't touch everybody, but like I need to, I'm, these are con this is a conscious thing. Um, and like, I've got no pressure and no one is measuring me because it's personal, right? I was like, um, I could literally like, um, at the time, obviously I was still, I was still like, you know, prominent in the industry. I was like, what if I could use my, the leverage I have to literally put everybody because, you know, I can't get you on YFM, I can't get you on KFM, I can't get you, but I can get you, I'm still slick, right? Yeah. I can get you on my yeah. platform. So it's like on life. So why don't I use that to basically get, tell the stories of these guys who are on their way, right? And um, how could I do that forever, you know? And, um, um, and so I was like, well, she, Media24 is doing it with platforms, da, 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 da. I wonder how they do it. And I said, okay, let me start the platform. You know, the power of the platform was that, like, um, um, it moves from now, um, it's, I don't even do any content on the platform. Now, not only is it, is it, is it a platform where I'm touching people indirectly that I don't know, now they're people who are walking in. And what is the mandate? The mandate is we're building. No sensational content, nothing, and we're a music platform. These guys now are literally have walked in a space where they now, off this idea of me touching other people's lives through through giving them that confidence, you know, now you hire people who are giving people confidence. Do you know what I mean? Now there's younger people who are giving other people confidence, but they still meet me and they're like, yo, that thing you posted, and I'm like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but like, I, but I, but I realized the snowball effect of like something that comes from a good place where like now you got guys directly who are giving other young people and the concept of giving people confidence on an owned platform yeah. was never there before. You know what I mean? So this, the whole idea of Slick on Life is giving you confidence, making you believe that you're being seen and everything else, you know, by a peer or someone who's an expert in the space and yeah. something that you do. So now you're hiring guys who are doing that and they're writing these stories they got their names blah blah you know be going to events and 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 it becomes a cycle and what you do now you kind of like think like you're an escom when the Buddha people build escom they're like yeah we'll give it to you to fuck it up now so you your your mind also has to be like ready to it's something i believed in 
I was young enough to go do it, but how many people believe it? And let's give it to the let's give it to the guys that we employ, so they can fuck it up. I'm hard on who I employ, especially on the platform because of this. Because you need to be committed. You need to really want to tell the stories. You need not to be like I want to beat. The, I want to compete with the artist because that guy looked at me this funny way. Yeah, you yeah, you have to yeah. move that shit aside, and you have to go. This is still the culture. This is the story, and we're not putting any kind of barriers. So that's the whole idea. It's like. It's 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 like that constant thing of going. Can how do we build confidence with something that we own, that something within our hands, and then we bring in new guys. I never thought that I'd be able to hire people with it, you know, um, and and hopefully it, it will keep growing. But the point of it, the the idea actually is that I know that like if you we like been around for nine years, right, um, as a website. Yeah. Um, so right now it's like how are we reinventing ourselves so as much as i'm saying i'm giving it to them now to tell the stories the the, the youth stories what i'm also saying is that but i got to help them with the future so i got to prepare them for the future because you know they could be like yeah you know uh, so now these are new so i'm building new things that like um, I've been good at seeing the future, feeling the future. I don't know. If you, I'm, I'm good at feeling the future. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that is also a thing of you can't say you're good at feeling the future if you're like 20 years old. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because when you're 20 years old, you're going to live forever. Yeah, you know what I mean? But when you're 40 years old, you're going to go, hey, 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 I, 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 I see it. You know, but so I've seen how many times I've been able to kind of go, I'm preempting this could happen, this could happen. It could be in two years, could be in five years or whatever the case be. So right now I need to prepare the future, not only for these guys here, but I'm preparing the future for, for more younger guys. And, um, and, um, and, and the one thing I'm doing right now, I'm bringing in money, right? Um, um, right now it's, um, I'm bringing a, I've seen, I've played the game outside. I'm bringing a money management tool inside the game, you know. Um, um, I'm bringing a money management tool for artists where they'll be able to be like uh, um, almost like card carrying, a card carrying money, manage, money management tool for the things that you want to do. It'll allow you to do like e-commerce and online payments, you know. It'll allow you to uh, to to see your money from all your work as an artist and and, and and be able to plan, you know, when artists are traveling or just, just general production or content crews, there's 10 of you and like someone is cleaning or you got promoters and you're running an activation and you just got to pay guys, you know. You'll be able to put this money in this card and you just send the money through like a, through through their phone numbers and everything else. But really like, you know, um, you can send money to your mother you could you know so right now we're saying we've had all these creative ideas but we but we always shy away from the money side of things we always shy away from the flow of how the money should yeah. be going or creating processes that are customized for us so um so we so that stuff that that's that's the that's that's really what and this is not once again it's not the legacy it's this this thing that's hitting me that's going you have to fix this shit. You have to fix this shit. You know, um, um, I get overwhelmed. That's why I can't think of the future because I know the messages that I'm getting in my head in the sky or wherever. And, and those messages come and then something else in the world happens to kind of show me that, to validate that yeah. that's your message. You know what I mean? Um, so... So that's why I can't think of the future because even when I talk about this, I'm, I'm going to... I'm saying that I'm coming... 
I'm building a solution that's going to fix the creative industry from a monetary perspective. That's going to organize it for for businesses. That's going to organize it for brands. That's going to organize it for the artists. As long as they got a person that knows how to use like um, like if you know how to use a banking app or you know how to use a streaming app, that's that's what we're doing. So so it's the um, it's um it's also because my 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 dreams are daring, you know. My dreams are daring, and if I tell you a dream like this, you're gonna go, but there's already. But they's already, but they's already, but they were never ready for me and they never did anything for me and they never saw me. And I know if they never saw me, they're not seeing the rest of these guys the way I'm seeing them. You know what I mean? So, so I gotta, I gotta do something. You know what I mean? Um, and this is part of life. You know, you gotta, you just gotta, you gotta do something. You feel it, it's wrong. You gotta do something. And that's why I can't try plan my life around other people to think about what other people are thinking or, or, or I mean, <laughs> I was telling somebody this morning, I said, don't think about like the people you're engaging with. You got to think about the opportunity you can create for them. Because if you think about the people you're engaging with, you're going to think like them. You're going to think of the, 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 you're gonna think of the things that they are uncomfortable about, the fears that they have. Yeah. So what you got to do, you got to think about how you're going to make that solution. And even if they go, ah, but, but, but how? Ah, I don't know how. But I know I'm going there. And when I go there and I come back and I show you, you're not going to go, ah, you're going to go, oh, shit, let's ride. And that's what, that's the whole lie. That's the thing that happened with Squatter Camp. When it popped, ah, let's ride. You know what I mean? It's like this online thing. I met a comedian, <laughs> Alfred Adrian. I got a story. He was a marketer at the time, you know, and... um he came to me and he said, and I know he, did, he was doing, he's still doing a lot of YouTube content. And um, he was working for L'Oreal. And when I started Slick on Life, he, you know, um, he came up to me like two years ago at, the, at a bookstore or something. And he was like, yo, I don't want you to hear from anybody, right? I know you did some stuff for us at L'Oreal at the time. And, you know, you're an, you're an artist branching out into marketing, blah, blah. But, yo, when I started seeing you doing that online stuff, I, was, I just felt bad for you. I thought that, like, things are bad. Things are tough for you, you know. Um, but I want to I wanna let you know, just in case I might have said it to anybody I want to apologize, and I and I just want to let you know that I probably was one of the guys that said, like, uh, "What's he doing, like, man? He's gonna mess the stuff up." You know, <laughs> like this guy's exactly. going through. He's struggling now. You yeah. know, he's going through the most. Stilo Makolite said, "Yo, when you started chalk, Stilo Makolite, when you started this, I was like, oh, the OG, yo, it's so tough." You know what I mean? And um, and that's the thing, you know, um, you gotta just do the things that make you comfortable. Um, and later you find out that they made everybody else feel sorry for you because we also live in a country where we're not used to seeing people start from scratch. And also also change directions. Yeah, yeah. We're not, uh, we, yeah, like yeah. We, the assumption is that if I do not see you, you are struggling. Exactly. Um, you know, the only the only way Slicker can be successful is if I keep seeing Slicker on TV every now and then and at parties. Yeah. If I don't see him, then he's probably down and out somewhere. As opposed to, 
you know, as opposed to actually, I don't see him because he's making, he's doing some really interesting stuff. That's one. And the other way that I want to see it is, um, is um, and I think that's the very kind of like surface level of it. But the other way that I see it is um, I force my mind to understand, to, to think I understand what you do. Mm. Immediately when you challenge my mind, I don't have the time to fight the challenge. I just resort to, mm, it must be tough. Yeah. Because yeah. it's my mind that I have forced and convinced that this is what you do. You're an editor, you know? So I've literally like boxed my mind to perceive you in one way. Mm. It's the type of thing and where that, like, And that's seen as the pinnacle. It, like, whether it's you're the, the rapper. So it's it's the top of one plateau, at yeah. least. Like you've reached the top of something. Yeah, you, you know, because I, I don't even know it's e even if it's about the top. It's more about like um, we 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 scared to we scared to shift our minds. You know, we scared to see things differently. You know, mm -hmm. um, especially even about people. You know, and the more we see things differently about people, the more we'll see opportunity in people. You know what I mean? Sure. Um, the more we'll see like how we literally can work with them in in a way. So I want to use an example. It's like um, the most basic example. Someone can tell me that, hey, man, you know, the guys from this agency, hey, 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 the guy is racist. The owner of it is racist. I could sit with black guys that tell me that, you know, tell me and tell me that. And then I meet the guy one day, you know, and uh, I just have a chat with him. And, uh, you know, it was a nice conversation, man. You know, I see it. Actually, I've seen it a lot, you know, in, in, in spaces where... Um, where I have partners, you know, like when I have Jewish partners and, and the, the, the guys, the black guys, the guys who I connect with easily, the black guys are like, I, man, you know, whatever they, you know. And then you sit with the guy and you go, oh, okay. No, I see this guy. No, this guy is actually cool, you know. You see, the thing is that, like, you know, I've allowed myself and my perception to, to, to see more. Uh, I've challenged my perception to, and then when the guys are complaining, then I see why the guys are complaining because the engagement and you haven't kind of like, and he's not talking to you the way he's talking to me. He's talking to you like, and and all those things like you start looking at all the dynamics, yeah. but but you see if you literally like are able. I mean, this is a this to be quite frank with you is a differentiator whether you you grow fast or you grow slow. You could literally sit around people and people can tell you a person's like this and you could already sit around that person and you already are ready to give him the answer that you had when you were sitting with those guys yeah. around there. And then the guy says something different, you know, and you still end up with, no, but barely, and you're talking in the tone yeah. of, I want yeah. to show you, but he's like, nah. And then that guy goes, I don't know, he's just a bit like... <laughs> radical you know <laughs> and there was no need for you to be radical yeah. because you know you could be the guy that also changes the perception for everybody also mm. do you know what i mean 
remember I said we all a community. Yeah. It don't matter how much money you have. Don't matter how white you think you are. If like the white guy that literally is is racist doesn't understand he's part of this community, mm. and the black guy that's racist doesn't understand that he's part of the community. You know. So we all a community, and we all bleed the same blood. The reality is that like I just want to hear your perception. But energy is an incredible thing, and I can already feel that mm, the energy is not right. Even if I feel the energy is not right, but I still don't agree with what the guys are saying. Mm-hmm. It's just that for me, I don't think that we gel. So it's those things that, like you know, the people that we we revere, the people we admire, the people that we fear, we think so much about them, about the way we've seen them, about the way we see them, yeah. that when the opportunity presents itself, we sometimes lose the opportunity because we were so stuck on how we how we thought they are. Mm-hmm. When the time they said something like they'll have a long conversation with you, and then they go, and there's a million rand there, and then they go, and also, but you're so stuck, you missed that one line, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah. So the, the quicker we able to um, open up our minds and and um, and and get ready to see to it's like marriage. Don't think you know me. You know, I'm with you every day, but you think that you know me, mm-hmm. you know. It's the, it, it boils down to that. We start treating the people we with just like um like our marriages, like our kids, where you kind of get this complacency that I I know you. Uh, then when you start saying this, you're gonna go stay say that, mm-hmm. and that is the complacency that makes human beings really lose the experience of the rest of the humans around them. It's just that I just saw you as a rapper. So you can understand a person who doesn't want who sees you as a rapper. That means they've obsessed over the idea that they know when when they when you sitting there and they sitting with their friends and they talk, they they talking like they know. So 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 it's 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 as small as that. It's obsessed over an idea about a person that that you don't even know. And, And and you're obsessed over being correct also. So you know that that's that's dangerous, and 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 that's why you know I go. Besides, just like people going, if Slick is not on TV, then there's no man. No, it's just the obsession. It's just the obsession of my ego to know that I'm right. This is what you do. I know better. Like remember when an artist literally drops a song and they don't do the commercial? No, but why don't you do th- this? Is what I want. We want the old Nas. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? That's we obsessed about this knowing people better than they know themselves because if we're wrong it's it says something about us that's the ego right so 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 i had to learn that that people are so obsessed about being right about Mm. you that's why you also can't be obsessed about understanding what people think of you let alone what people think of you when you can't you know what i mean because you start then it becomes like a cycle you yeah. get caught up in that you get cycle. caught up in the, you get caught up, caught up in the whole thing and then you don't you don't move you like, never break out you, of you it you get stuck in that exactly I mean, it's like when i when i went into magazine and i was editing i think i was editing destiny man and then people would say how does a poet edit a business and lifestyle magazine right yeah, yeah. but when i started poetry i remember going to poetry sessions with guys who are all students and rastas or, you know, sagging jeans. Yeah. And I had an IT consulting company, yeah. right? Yeah. And I went for my trim every week, you know, and, uh, yeah. and I was tidy during yeah. the week, yeah. right? Yeah. And, and I'm going to a poetry session and guys are saying to me, what do you know about hip-hop and poetry? And I'm like, but I've been listening to you and I've been part of hip-hop for like 20 years already. So like you're saying, it's like there's this idea 
there's this box, there's this perception, and people just get so caught up in that that when you transition, it's it's hard work and it's easier just to go. I and 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 that's crazy because you know um that obs like I always say the mind works better when you box things, not when things are everywhere, mm. you know. So that obsession of okay, you're a poet. I'm a poet as well. Understand? Yeah. So it's not even just like a, it's not even about you. <laughs> yeah. It's not even about slick. is not on TV. It's like slick. I'm a rapper, but so you know what I mean. So the mind loves working in boxes, but when the mind works in boxes, it keeps the world where it is. Mm. You know what I mean. So immediately, if we can get out, if we can literally like go get out those boxes, goes oh. Poetry. I'm a poetry. I'm a I'm a poetricians. <laughs> like poetry people are like this. Immediately when you get out that box, you start creating a new world. You know, and that's how the world reinvents itself. That's how the world constantly like becomes new. Yeah. You know, it's those guys that literally go, yeah, I'm a poet, but I'm this. Yes, I'm that. And it's the minds, not just the guys. It's the minds that are ready for that, mm. because that's why I love using the luxury culture analogy. Where I go, you know, when we were young, when like um, Wandy and Chubby, rest in soul and peace, uh, Wandy, when they literally like were selling like. Um, they're getting their clothes, their clothes and their shoes in stores. That was so huge for us, yeah. right? And because there was a mind that literally said, whoever his partners were, that said, guys, we'll do this. There was a mind, right? But that mind was not ready for what um, Sheldon is doing, was not ready for what Theo's doing, mm -hmm. and was not ready for what, 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 uh, what, uh, what Legao's doing with Trip. Because the difference between those two worlds is that the one literally was like, we'll put you in the places we have power. You know, we'll put you in our stores where we have power. This one was like, wait, 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 wait. And by the way, these guys had the power then in the malls, right, in, during Wendy's time. Had a Likau said, I want to buy a store or hire a store in the inner mall. Those minds were not, the minds who made those decisions were not ready. Yeah. Come COVID, come tough times, come tough economies. The white guys are putting anybody in now in the property they own. So now they put, but they put guys that are going to change the whole, the, the whole thing. So the minds sometimes don't shift because there's, it's sometimes economical issues. It's sometimes that literally shift the minds, but then they have to be ready. Was Wandi and Chabi ready to open their stores also at the time? We don't know that, yeah. but maybe their minds weren't ready. So there's this thing that literally like says that like the more we think out of the box and the more we collectively, so you can think, so Wandi and Chabi could have thought out of the box alone to do stores. They were not going to get the reception from the landlords. But then there's these young guys, Sheldon, all these guys come through and their minds shift and they want to do this. And the minds of these landlords also have shifted. But it's also me because it's, you can't go from, from zero to 75. Right. But 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 with some of the so I find that and this is what I believe. Um, so I look at all these let's call it um, youth culture streetwear brands. Mm -hmm. Like before COVID, you went to Bramfontein and it's just like 101 streetwear brands. Yeah. Luxury culture needed to happen. Yeah. yeah. For them to happen. Straight. Straight. So so luxury culture because like also Fubu needed to happen. 
in the U.S. for Lakshan culture to be able to happen yeah. in South Africa. Yeah, yeah. So each one is 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 kind of planting that seed and shifting, sh- shifting it. What you talk about the collective, like shifting it a step forward, mm-hmm. because it's hard to go from Fubu to your own streetwear brand with your own shop in Bramfontein. Exactly. Like we needed time. Yeah. Just just like we needed to go from Hammer, you can't touch this, to Umoya, yeah. Yeah. to Casper, yeah. Nasty C, etc., yeah. etc. Yeah. If Moya hadn't happened, would this look like this? Exactly. Right. So it's so it's it's the incremental growth. A- and what I'm trying to say is that if Moya hadn't happened without the collective that literally made it valuable, mm. that validated it. Yeah. That's why they talk about us in generations. That's why we are part of that community. Because Squatter Camp is, not, is nothing without the people who validated that song and said, we love it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, you know, it's that community that goes back to the fact that people go back and look at community versus looking at like, Oh, it's that because it's that community that mm. created it. And now that community literally like has seeds and those seeds literally like are having kids, are having nasty seas. That communities are having nasty seas and nasty seas literally like are growing up with like w- with their seeds that they're going, yeah. yo, you know what I mean? So that so that's why I just go that, you know, I mean, when you personalize life and 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 you take life seriously and you think it's all about you you in trouble but when you are tasked to do things like i feel i am tasked to do things you know these things i sometimes feel like once i'm done i'm gonna die do you know what i mean that sometimes that's how tasked i feel you know what i mean like I, i'm tasked to do, do things so everything that i do i am tossed and i know that you know people always tell me yeah you gotta do i'm like i don't know about the all I know is that I got to do this now. Mm. And even when I tell you these ideas, I'm saying that these ideas, they might be someone else who comes in 20 years who's literally going to make it bigger and better with better technology, better this, this, this. So there are things that I am tasked to do. I've made peace with that. And that has been happening with my life ever since I was 19 with that squatter camp stuff. I was tasked to do those things. Mm. And, you know, the, I guess the biggest fear is that when am I out of service? You know, yeah. so, 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 so yeah. you know what I mean? So, so for me, like anyone else in the world goes, 8.55 is the time, it's the retirement package, you know? So my biggest fear is like when I'm out of service, you know, um, and I don't know if it's a fear, but like, it's almost like an anxiety. I wonder what happens when I'm out of service. Mm-hmm. So I've almost like kind of go, maybe I'm just going to die then. You know what I mean? So, so the, the, these are thoughts that I really have, you know, about everything that I do. You know what I mean? My man, I don't think you're ever going to be out of service, but thank you for <laughs> thank you for that. Uh, yeah, that's it. We thank could you, we we could go on for another two three hours. Yeah, so let's, yeah, let's, yeah. Let's yeah. rather hold some of those thoughts for for down the line. So thank you very much. Thank you, man, for your time. The Listen to Your Footsteps podcast is produced by Zebra Culture. If you have ideas of what we can do better, people you'd like us to have a conversation with. I would just like to share a thought. You can email me on info at zebraculture.com. To check out past episodes, go to kojabuffer.com slash podcasts. And if you enjoyed this episode, please share with a friend. If you'd like to get a copy of the book, listen to your footsteps, check out kojabuffer.com slash book. There are details on the various spaces it's available at. 
I'd also appreciate it if you could leave a review or comment wherever you listen to your podcasts. Finally, there's the Zebra Culture by Koja Buffer newsletter where on a weekly basis, I share a curated list of articles, playlists, videos, etc. that have caught my attention. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed listening to the conversation as much as I enjoyed having it.